But how about the lie that says in the pulpit, um, controversial subjects should not be discussed, and current events should definitely not be talked about from the pulpit. That's a lie. That's a lie. For a while, I believed that lie. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about anything in current events or whatever. Why? That's a lie. Amen. Because you know what? If I don't, if pastors, if apostles, people that are trusted by God to, to influence people, if we don't talk about it, then, you're, then we're not going to influence you in the way of the Lord, right? So it's up to you now to make sure you're listening to the right voice because you're certainly being influenced out there. And most out there are not going to influence you according to the word of God. It is actually the pastor's responsibility to influence his flock according to the word of God. And it's his responsibility for current events, for current events, for, po for political things that are against the word of God. People play it safe. Everybody's so worried about playing it safe. But I'm sorry, but the Bible says not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation. It's so important. Psalm 89, 14 says, the Bible says, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. These are the righteousness and justice. So what is right and what is just is the very foundation of the throne of God. And so therefore, it should be our foundation too. The things that are right, the things that are just, mercy and truth go before your face. That's the face of the Lord, mercy and truth, righteousness and justice, the foundation of his throne. And everything is built upon that. But in our lives, we need to make sure everything is built upon righteousness and justice and not a compromise just because we live in this type of a culture. So it's our job, isn't it? So be careful what you say. Don't empower demons. Be careful what you don't say. Be, and, you know, what you tolerate, you empower. We as a nation have tolerated wrong actions. Forgive us, Lord. We have, as a nation, we have tolerated so many wrong actions. And when you think of where we are now and where we've come from, Bible, the Bible being removed from public schools, prayer being removed, from public schools, Ten Commandments, from the courthouses, abortion being allowed on demand, gay, you know, marriages legalized, you know, uh, moving forward, you know, more atrocities will happen if we tolerate demonic strength and if we don't speak up. The thing is, is I could, we're called to hate sin, right? Not the person, but sin. I could hate sin, but if I'm still tolerating it because I'm not speaking up, then I'm actually not part of the solution. I'm actually still part of the problem. I'm part of the problem because what I have found, and I'm in, this is not a judgment, it's just an observation that a lot of the Christians, a lot of believers, um, it seems like there's just a lot of sway, easily, easily swayed into deception. And even if you speak up for righteousness because the deception is so rampant that they've already formed their opinion and their opinion isn't really based on the God of the Bible. It's based on a feelings. You know, it's, it's a lot of it is emotionalism. You know, you know and, and the standard is, well, this is what's now. So the standard, the bar has been, has been lowered. But we can't lower the bar. The bar is the Bible. God's standard is never going to change. His word is never going to change. So, so going forward, we, we, we need to make sure we speak up too, right? 
Because like I spoke to you and I've taught you before about Sanballat and Tobiah spirits, they have been released. They, those spirits have been released. Many, many, not just that. But that, that's, that's that wicked, just that deceptive um, spirit being released. But we must stop them through praying, through speaking up, and through taking action. That's why I've been so vocal about getting out and voting. That's why I've been so vocal about making sure that you're praying. And one other thing, as a church, we need to fast. We really need to fast as a church. Between now and the election, we need to, as a body, commit to fasting. And so I'm going to ask for those that want to join me starting next week, ask the Lord what you're supposed to fast, what your fast will look like. But I want to, I'm going to call a fast. So between now and the elections, what are we fasting for? The elections. We're fasting for our we're fasting for our nation. We're fasting for our children. What happens in the elections will affect our children and our grandchildren. It's for your future seed. So, so ask the Lord what your fast will look like. But I do, and if you're able to fast, obviously you, you know, if you have a, a condition that you can't, then you, then you do something else, but you pray. Make sure you pray. Because some people really just cannot uh, physically. But then you certainly can just pray more than before, Right? So yeah, we need to fast. We need to fast together. We need to fast and we need to pray. And, and we know that God is going to help us win this. I believe in, we have total victory, by the way. I'm not without hope. I absolutely have hope and peace that, that this thing is going to actually turn out well. For our good, for our, for our deliverance. Even the word says that. But that doesn't mean that you don't pray. That doesn't mean that you just roll over and go, well, somebody prophesied that Trump's going to get reelected, so I'm not going to bother praying because it's already been prophesied. If that's how you live your life, then why do you ask God for anything? Why do you ask God for anything? He says to pray. He says to ask, right? Knock. Ask, seek, and knock. So I want to make sure we know that we need to know when, we are, when to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he's asking you to be silent, and, but also when he's asking you to speak. Because I do not want to produce a whole bunch of people that say, well, she said we're supposed to speak up, so you're just going to speak up no matter what, and you threw discernment out the window, and you never thought, and you never asked the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know that sounds kind of elementary that I would have to mention that, but I have found that I actually do need to mention that. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit, but just make sure that you're not shrinking back in fear and remaining silent, right? So when we do speak now, on the flip side, when we do speak, make sure your heart is right. Make sure that you're not speaking because you just know so much you're going to tell everybody the way it is. Make sure that your heart is right because God is always looking at our hearts, right? So 1 Peter, I'm going to read through these quickly. How do we speak then? 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and with respect keeping a clear conscience con yeah conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander so making sure that our heart is right it says here with meekness Ephesians 5:11 have nothing to do with the fruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Did you ever like stop and think about that scripture? But rather, have nothing to do with it, but don't just be quiet. Have nothing to do with it, wicked deeds, works of darkness, the unfruitful works of darkness. Have nothing to do with it, 
but don't just be like, well, I'm participating in that. But you guys can all go ahead right here under my nose, and I'm not going to say a thing because I don't want to seem like that judgmental Christian. Actually, the Bible says that we're supposed to expose it. Amen. Yeah. You know what happens when you don't? Are we all still here? We're all still paying attention? Yes. What happens when we don't? You know what happens? is like, And I just know this. I just know this because I've lived this. Well, you didn't say anything, so I thought you were okay with it. But I've said something for like 10 years. A little exaggerated. I've said something like how many times? Right? Well, but you didn't say anything last week, so I thought you were okay with it. No, seriously, this is what happens. It's like, well, then what is that? So there, we need to speak up. We need to expose the wicked deeds of darkness. The Bible tells us, Ephesians 5.11. But we need to do it with the right heart, with the right, with the right mindset, and obviously as we've prayed and we've sought the Holy Spirit. Just don't get stuck in the paralyzed mode where you don't speak because you don't want to go there. Yes, you do. You're called to. Amen. Proverbs 31.9. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Romans 1.16. I already... I already you know, preface that for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, right? First the Jew and also for the Greek. Uh, Ephesians 4.15 says to speak the truth in love. We are called to speak the truth. Say, I'm called to speak the truth in love. And when I speak the truth, according to Proverbs 15.1, I'm going to make sure that I speak it gently. Because the word says a gentle a gentle answer turns away wrath. Your goal is to help bring people up, not destroy. So let, let, let your answer be gentle in tone, you know, in spirit. Make sure it's gentle. Because this is a harsh word, stirs up, stirs up anger. Uh, Colossians 4, 6, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer and learn to discern before you speak. 